All right, let's add to uh, the weird recordings in weird places file. It's real uh, windy and trafficy outside, and uh, we just did that yesterday. So today, how about a random pizza place with uh, bad radio playing? So my little task uh, now is that I've got all these real rough notes for this chapter, and uh, now it's time to go through and write them into a real book form. And this first bit, this was the stuff, you know, a few episodes back where I was talking about the $5 flow state, you know, the fucking uh, day that I went to the casino and uh, just had my brain turned off and uh, just was sitting at a slot machine and just slowly spent $5, two pennies at a time and wrote notes for this story. And man, it's weird to look back over those notes because I totally don't remember them at all. There's this whole conversation about the church exhibit on the station that's like the one piece of like Therium-style culture and architecture on their station. And uh, they have this little talk about like how it could be turned into an embassy, you know, So because she, she's hanging out there all the time anyway and uh, it's a way for her to do something useful with her time instead of just vandalizing the station because she broke one of the pews anyway it's just it's all the stuff i forgot that i wrote and it's kind of good because it's easy for my rhino girl character to be uh real mouthy and to have attitude but when the other guy when the sciencey other alien gets some sweet comebacks that's when i really feel like i'm i'm doing well you know i'm not just making uh, a punching bag character i'm making two actual characters and this has got all kinds of that, but it is weird because, like, yeah, I just don't really remember having written this stuff because I was in a sleep-deprived gambler trance. So that's cool, but at the same time, it was actually kind of tough to get over the hump. When I sat down and looked at it, I'm like, there's a lot of it, too. Just even that first bit, I've got this chapter split up into five segments. And this first segment, I split up again into three segments because it's huge. There's so much stuff. Probably on like a second draft, I'll end up cutting some of this or something. I don't know. It's just a lot. And uh, yeah, that seemed very daunting. That was that classic resistance feeling where you just don't want to work. I'm just sitting down to write this thing and I'm just like, oh, this just seems like a big hill to climb. This is where I just don't want to do it. But that is so important. Like that's my number one rule is doesn't matter how much I do in a day, I just have to do something. I just can't do nothing. Got a piece of pizza in front of me, but I can't. I can't start eating pizza. That'll sound disgusting. Man, I love when there's no one in a place, when it's just empty. One of the reasons I had a very hard time with New York City is it's never empty. Canada's a much emptier country. There's a lot of times you go to a place and you're just the only one there. And then my hometown in uh, Fredericton, New Brunswick, very tiny city, it, it's crazy to go back there. And uh, it's just so empty. It's crazy empty. It feels like the back lot of, that's Canadian, back lot of a, uh, it feels like the back lot in a movie studio for a movie set that no one's using. <laughs> like there's just nobody anywhere. It's absurd. But I love it. I feel so much more comfortable. Canada, man. Terrible weather. Like, terrible capital T weather. But because of that, tiny population. 35 million people for, I think it's the second largest country in the world. 
that's a good ratio, man. That's a sweet ratio of emptiness. I love it. Just me and a pizza boy. Pizza boy in the back doing pizza stuff. So yeah, basically, so I just was like, okay, I've got to push myself a little. I got to force this a little just to get this ball rolling. I got to do something today. I got to get back on to this track because like I was pushing forward through writing this chapter. Let's just write these rough notes. Now that I'm going back and fleshing them out, like it's, it's not a clear connection. You know, it's like I'm lifting the train off of one track and putting it onto another track and it feels awkward. It doesn't feel easy. It doesn't feel smooth. So I've got to push, but again, I can't push. I just know pushing doesn't work. Pushing is the opposite of what I need. Pushing makes me rebel. Pushing makes my brain lock up. Pushing makes me push back. So I can't push myself. Like that's the, that's the trouble. I've got to push, but I can't push. So what I did is I, I got this book, Fearless, the uh, book series about the girl who was born without the fear gene. I got the first book for 75 cents and I'm kind of digging it. I'm like 40 pages in and it's kind of good. The only thing I don't like is that her sidekick is a guy in a wheelchair who's already like slavenly devoted to this girl. And uh, I don't like any of that. I don't like the wienerly sidekick. And you can't get more wienerly than a wheelchair guy. No offense to wheelchair people out there. I mean, it's this is not a realistic representation of anyone in a wheelchair. This guy, he's just, he's also badly written. I shouldn't focus so much on the wheelchair thing. It's just, he's the guy in class, or like he stops her in the hallway and he says like, hey, you need help getting somewhere? And she's badass because she does not feel fear. And she's just like, do I look like I need help? Like, get out of here, fuckface, basically. Like, super attitude. And instead of that being the end of it, as it would be for anyone, he like kind of loves it. And he just keeps like, hey, my name's this, by the way. Like, just bad, just a bad character, badly written. And that additionally, that the sidekick of the fearless, highly trained, muscular mega babe is little wheelchair boy. I don't know, man. I don't know. Fine. Look, I'm a bad person. Okay. Let's just admit I'm a bad person. I don't like this wheelchair kid. I don't like him in this story. I want him out. I want him out of here. But besides him, besides wheelie, <laughs> I kind of like this book and it's got short chapters. So that's what I did. I'm like, okay, I'll read a chapter of fearless and then I'll like just just write one line of my dumb story and you know that would be like I'll write one line two lines okay that's enough read another chapter of fearless get back into the story and like eased myself in like I had to trick myself I had to make this as gentle and easy as possible it's like hey we're not even here to write don't worry about writing don't get all worked up brain my little brain gets so worked up so easy we're just here at the Starbucks with our nice coffee to read fearless that's what we're here for so don't worry man if you get any writing done hey that's a bonus but we're here to read fearless and it worked like i did the back and forth a little bit until finally i just stopped reading fearless and i was just writing and i was back into the groove and i wrote a bunch of shit and it was all good i think that's all that's on my mind but let me just eat this pizza and then i'll get back to you to see if anything else comes to my brain All right, I thought of a couple other things to add. First off, this is just a little note to myself, really, that uh, when I edit this, just to remind me for tomorrow, 
I gotta stop getting large coffee. It's too large. It's way too big. Like I'm sure I mentioned, but like that's one of the things I liked about being in Amsterdam was to them, a large coffee is our small. And that's fine, man. That is an appropriate level of coffee. That's a level of coffee that's sane to drink. Particularly if you have a couple of coffee in a day. It's like you're still all right. You can still regulate yourself. But our large coffees, they're so big. It's fucking, it's ludicrous how big they are. But it's always, it's like just such a little bit more. It's like, ah, oh, it's only just a little bit more. Just a few little coins more. Or if I'm in the little McDonald's touchscreen menu, it's like, oh, it's only literally if you get like a, a coffee as part of the combo. I guess that's the tricky one because it's the same price for any kind of coffee unless you want the super extra large one, in which case it's like an extra four cents. <laughs> you know, it's basically it's all the same price. And I remember that was an anecdote I heard about Japan. I heard this about 10 years ago, so I don't know if it's still true. But I heard that there are vending machines in Japan where it's the same price for a large drink or a small drink because sometimes you just don't want the large drink. And that's like crazy. That is like so antithetical to North American thought, you know? That even I, who try my hardest to battle back against the dumbness of North America, I'm still like, well, of course you get the big one. That's fucking weird. Why would you not get the big one? <laughs> you know, I just can't, I can't do it. I can't wrap my head around it. But that is the greatest example imaginable of how we're just over-consuming fucking sacks of shit in North America. But yeah, if I get a huge coffee, it's like then I feel weird. It's like not a comfortable feeling. And uh, then if I do take a bus across town or something, I'm like, hey, I could go hit up another coffee shop, get some more stuff done. I just, I can't really, cause it's like, well, I can't have another coffee now. I mean, this thing's gonna have me wigged out all day. <laughs> so it's just, it's just a bad idea on all fronts. Stop getting the big coffee, it's not good. A small coffee is a delightful, enjoyable treat. A big coffee is an ordeal. It's a whole thing. I've tried just giving up coffee in the past, and I've done it here and there, but it, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's a big enough difference. And my friend Ian, who, uh, he's a game developer from England, he told me that. He's like, yeah, I quit coffee once for like six months, and uh, the benefits were not worth it you know like when he got back into drinking coffee he's like ah oh, there you go nuts to that you know like there's plenty of things you can do to better your life but uh coffee's just not worth it the benefits aren't enough to torture yourself in that way but i'm sure he was drinking nice reasonable sized english coffee and not a gigantic monster cup like we have here so yeah, small coffees, do the small coffee thing. Just do it, do the small coffee. Come on. <laughs> and it's not like it adds up to that much more. Well, I guess it does. It's like, I mean, yeah, if a, an enormous coffee from hell is like $2 and two small coffees would be, you know, like 350 or something, 325, I don't know. Yeah, again, I'm just, I'm just talking about like coins, pocket change <laughs> and and it's so much more flexible to have two coffees at two different places than to have one big coffee and uh, be a maniac. This shouldn't be this hard to convince myself of. 
Uh, so the other thing I wanted to say is just about slowness, you know, of uh, even though every day that's been the running theme here is that each given day I might not get a ton done. It's just that I do something every day. And this is one of those things because every other like writing advice, every other online writer who has like a YouTube vlog or something, they're all so obsessed with the word count and with the amount of like, got to write a thousand words today, got to do 10 pages, whatever. There's this one YouTuber, Jenna Moresi, is that her name? I haven't read her books, but I like her YouTube page a lot. She's very entertaining. But she was talking about how like, you got to discipline yourself. Like I had this thing where it's like, I got to write this scene. I'm not going to go to bed till I finish this scene. So I stayed up till 6.30 in the morning. The sun was up, but I got the scene done. And yeah, that is just the opposite of everything that I believe is a, a good idea. How good is that scene? How important is it that that scene needed to be done that day? Like, what's the hurry? You know, like I was thinking of it in the terms of this book that I'm writing. Say instead of, you know, as a ballpark, I always think of like two years seems like a whatever, a pretty good ballpark for a book. Say instead of two years, say it takes me three years. Like, so what? <laughs> what's the difference? Who cares if it takes two years or three years? There's nothing wrong with it taking three years. But I feel like that's the kind of opinion that I can only really hold and really stick to because I'm older, you know, because I've been through the ringer for a while of writing. Like, I don't know if you could really convince a younger person that two years and three years is not a big deal. Because they would probably go the other way of like, yeah, but if I work double hard, I could get it done in one year. But I guess what I'm also pitting that against is it's not really two years versus three years. The reality is it's three years versus never finishing. You know, like it's been so many years that I've done start and stop projects and I've worked on things and never gotten them done that I haven't, you know, until I started with this technique of just making sure I write every day and not pressuring each specific day. That's what got me through my book I wrote about The Last of Us. That's what is getting me through this book. So really, when I look at the totality of my life, of my attempts to write since I was a teenager, it's go slow or don't finish, you know? And when you look at it that way, three years is totally not a problem. Going slower, hey, four years, whatever. I heard about... Uh, I was listening to a podcast by that guy, Tim Ferriss, and I wish I could remember her name, but uh, this woman wrote a book that I got to check out because it sounds right up my alley. It's about being an introvert, basically. And she said that book took her seven years to write, but it's been on the New York Times bestseller list for four years. So that's obviously a good trade-off, you know? That book took the time that it took, but then it was a huge success. And that's all that I want, is not the success part, but a book that could be successful. I want to make the greatest potential book that I can. I want the book with the best chance of being something. The best chance of being the book that I want it to be. The best book that I can make. And the only way to do that is to go slow. It's like scaling a mountain. It's like carefully pick your next movement. Carefully pick your next handhold, your next foothold. Make your way up slow or you're not going to make it up at all. Going too fast, you just get burned out, you lose track, you, you don't enjoy the work because you're pushing yourself too hard. The things that are coming out of this pushing are not 
worth it because they're not any good. Yeah, just that's that's it really. It's just what's the hurry? Long-term consistency is way more important than short-term pushing. But I wonder with a lot of this stuff, like, would any of this advice have sunk in to me 15 years ago? Maybe not. You know, maybe you really just do need to get older. Like that stat I uh, mentioned that the average first-time author is 36. Seems right on the money. And if you do manage to buck the trend, like, uh, I picked up that book, The Duff, because <laughs> I saw the movie, The Designated Ugly Fat Friend, and it was one of many teen movies where the first 20 or 30 minutes is really good. A lot of teen movies start really strong. Not another teen movie, even. <laughs> Amazing 20 minutes. Uh, that movie Saved with Mandy Moore, like, the first half of that movie is so good. It is so good. And then they don't stick the landing. And the duff was like that. It just fell apart. It didn't stick the landing. But I saw the book used and I'm like, well, let me check out the book. And I got a little ways into it and I'm like, no, I'm not feeling this. I'm not going to. I never finished it. I just donated it back to a thrift store or whatever. But in the little author bio, that lady got that book published when she was young-ish, early 20s, I think. It was like Maybe even while she was still a teenager, I don't know. It was like, hey, congrats, you did it, you wrote this book. But it's like, I didn't like it, you know? It's like, okay, hey, it's this book. People liked it, it sold well, they made a movie. But I didn't like it, so who gives a shit, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Another one of those things of like, I mean, it's just, if I didn't care, then it's a failure. If I didn't like it, then it did not succeed, and I mean, Maybe some people might find that a peculiarly egocentric view to take, but I mean, how else are you going to do something as singular, as individual, as long-term and as difficult as writing a novel if you're not very much dedicated to your own point of view, your own endeavors, you know, your own self. If you're not somewhat megalomaniacal, ding, 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 song of the day. How are you going to make it? But yeah, speed. Fuck the speed. Who cares? And, and I even think that too of like, what about all those books that I didn't finish all those years ago? Maybe that was just kind of like a function of like, like if you think of the human brain as just a, a system, you know? I mean, the brain is part of the body, the whole system. If it's all just a, if it's all just a regulatory system, maybe my past failures were like a way <laughs> of like, um, some kind of mental, spiritual, regulatory system that was like, hey, you're not ready. This isn't any good. This isn't what you need to do. This is not what you need to put forward. This book is not the thing. So it's not going to get done. <laughs> Something in your head is not going to let you finish this. You're not going to have the discipline you need to finish this because this isn't the right thing. You're not doing it right. You're not approaching it the right way. You don't have the skills to do this because you're just not ready. You're just not old enough. This is just not yet the time. Like, I have no fantasies of traveling back in time and like, oh, I wish I could have finished that book that I was writing when I was 21. Because that book was all fucked up. <laughs> you know? That would not have been the book. Even if that book somehow got published, at this point I would still be like, I'm a different person now. I'm in a different place in my life. I'm sure I would have lost all the fans from that time by now. <laughs> you know, 
15, 16 years later, it's a whole different ball game and I would be starting over from scratch anyway. It's like, might even be harder. It's like, all right, time to reinvent. Please forget about that. Please forget about that other book. Like, oh man, did you ever hear fucking Everlast, the guy from House of Pain? So he had a bunch of solo stuff and before that he had House of Pain, but before House of Pain, he had a little known solo album that was god awful. It was fucking terrible. It was called Forever Everlasting and it doesn't have one good song. It's fucking shit. It's total early 90s white rap garbage. It's terrible. And I heard him say in interviews, he's like, man, the luckiest thing that ever happened to me in my life is that nobody cared about that album, that no one paid attention because I never would have lived it down. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> and then luckily he came back with House of Pain and it was a different story. So yeah, that's all. Slow. Slow is good. Slow is good. There's no hurry, man. You just got to make sure you actually get to the end. And then when you get to the end, you want your shit to be good. And fast does not get you there. This is not an endeavor for the fast. So just calm down, man. Just calm down. Don't worry about your 10 pages a day. Don't worry about your thousand words a day. Don't worry about your staying up till 630 in the morning. Just make sure you do something every day and you'll get there. And yeah, you got, you got many years. You got many years. There's no hurry. And if you get hit by a train midway through, well, what can you do? These things happen. So song of the day, let's listen to Megalomaniac by KMFDM. KMFDM is a fucking great band. There's like a shit ton of awesome KMFDM songs. And this is one of them. So I will speak to you tomorrow.